So let's open our Bibles to Romans chapter 8. And uh, let's start in verse 6. We'll give a quick update. Now, again, I don't think I can say this too much, that we are living in perilous times. There, there are a lot of wicked things going on throughout the world. They always have been. But it seems as though they're just proliferated. They have just proliferated. There's more and more and more, uh, just an abundance of them in ev on every continent. And uh, the Lord is preparing us for, um, for our victory. We have great victory in Jesus Christ. So let's walk this thing out. Um, I want to start in Romans 8, verse 6, where Paul is talking about being carnal. That is, living a life as a person who doesn't have the Spirit. So when, that, when you talk about living carnal, carnally, we say, well, you're living fleshly. Well, everybody may not understand that. You, you're living like a person who is devoid of the Spirit of God. To be carnally minded, he says, that is fleshly, natural, is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And in Galatians chapter 6, verse 8, we showed uh, what that looks like. In Galatians 6, uh, verse 8, we says, For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. That is, decay, things that don't profit. So he says, we will reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit, that is, you live your life to the Spirit and by the Spirit, you will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Now notice what he says, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. So Paul wants us to know that when you and I have the Spirit of God, and we'll say these things over and over, but when you have the Spirit of God, which we do here, then that means that Jesus Christ lives in you because Jesus lives in you by the, by the Spirit. I, I, I've shared with you that I was preaching in a particular place. And my message is always Christ-centered because Christ is our focus. And you and I have the Holy Spirit because Christ sent the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit came to live in us, that means that, that uh, Jesus came to live in us. The Holy Spirit's uh, entrance in us and, and his living in us argues for the divinity of Christ. So if somebody says that Christ is not real, the Spirit in you witnesses that Christ is real, that Christ did rise from the grave. That's what the Spirit argues, as it were. Verse 7 says, because of the carnal mind, he says, uh, the carnal mind is death, but the spiritual mind is life and peace because the carnal mind, that is the fleshly, the natural, is enmity against God. It means he's hostile to God. Your natural person is hostile to God. You may say, oh, I've never been hostile to God. Your natural person is and was hostile to God, was an enemy to God. You just probably hadn't had all the occasions to allow it to manifest itself. But yes, we all are the same. Uh, the carnal mind is enmity against God. For, listen, it is not subject to the law of God. 
does not want to obey the law of God, will not obey the law of God, cannot obey the law of God. It is not subject to, does not bring itself under uh, the law of God in an orderly fashion, doesn't have any ability to do that. So it doesn't matter how nice your friends are, no, they cannot subject themselves to the law of God, nor indeed can be. And so James, in James chapter 4, James chapter 4 verse 4, I mean, James is pretty tough here, but since he's led by the Spirit, we're going to have to accept it. He says, adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? So, James calls people who flirt with the world adulterers, males and adulteresses, females. So, he covers both genders, male and female. He says, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? And I, I, I offer to you today that the Lord is even in a more pronounced way moving in my heart and the hearts of others to bring Christ-centeredness to the world. He is doing that to bring Christ-centeredness to the world because the church must be uh, rescued from the world's grip on them. Uh, the world's grip on them. It rem reminds me of a story I heard a number of years ago. And those of you who have not experienced these things, don't discount them. Uh, it was in a particular church, and uh, there was a boy, was a he was a demoniac, and they were casting the demon at him. Come out of him. You know, coming out. Come out of him. Come out of him. And this one lady walked up to him and said, boy, let go of that demon. Yeah, boy, let go of that demon. It, it, it made me laugh, but I don't want to say we have to be, as it were, extricated from the world, removed from the world. But a lot of us, we need to say, get your hands off the world. Get your hands off the world. And the Lord is preparing us for this amazing journey. I've told you that I, I don't have articulation, not for this message, but for all that I'm seeing in the realm of the Spirit. But I can tell you, it's wonderful. And it's wonderful. And, when, and by the time the full articulation comes, we're gonna, it's going to blow us all out of the water. So, yeah. So, <laughs> I'll join you, yeah. And so, uh, James says, whoever therefore. Now, why does he say whoever therefore? Because he's saying uh, friendship with the world is enmity with God, hostility toward God. So, whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself, makes herself, I shall add, an enemy of God. That means you are in opposition to what God wants. You're in opposition to what God wants. So the Lord is dealing with all of us. He's, he is maturing us. And it is, we are only matured as we go through uh, difficult things. I, I uh, would like to just say I've been a part of uh, the charismatic renewal. I was a young person. Many of us were in the charismatic renewal. It was an amazing time. God did some, oh, astounding things. And uh, every time we would go to a home meeting or, or something, something was happening. And, but there was one thing I noticed. We were not mature enough to bring forth. I remember the time I was talking to God about it, and he said, if you truly possess the, the, the right spirit, the spirit of Caleb and Joshua, you'll go back with my people till he said, they are ready to come in. And I'm saying, the people of God must be ready 
to come into the things of God. Uh, I've told you this story more than once, but when I was a young boy, I wanted to catch the ball so desperately that, that every time I, I, was try to, I would try to catch it, I would bat it away. I, I just wanted to impress, uh, you know, my uncles and, and, and everybody was watching me and I was batting the ball away. And I heard these words from my uncle who said, let it come to you, DG. Let it come to you. And I learned how to let it come to me. And once I, let, I understood how to let it come to me, I could catch the ball all kinds of ways. It was amazing. But you first have to learn to let it come to you. And I'm saying to the people of God tonight, you, you wonderful people of God, let's let all that Jesus has for us, let it come to us. We're not going to bat it away with our zeal. We're going to receive it. Amen? amen. Uh, somebody say Amen. amen. So then Paul concludes after verses 6 and 7, he said, so then, I like that expression, so then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Those who are devoid of the Spirit of God, those who have not come to Jesus, he says, then those who are in the flesh cannot, not will not, cannot please God. So he is showing us a separation. Now, you may have acts of fleshly behavior. But it should not be every day. It doesn't matter what anyone says. should not be every day. If you have those acts every day, okay, Houston, we have a problem. All right? You do not. And you cannot argue against that. So notice what he says. You cannot please God. Those in the flesh. That means those, are un, um, uh, those people who are not saved and who do not have the Spirit. Verse 9, but you are not in the flesh. Come on. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. So, I want us to say something here tonight, and I don't want you to, to say it in your stomach. I want you to use your mouth, your vocal cords. Say, say this with me. I am not in the flesh, but I am in the Spirit. Because the Spirit of God dwells in me. Amen. Thank you for that. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. So don't ever say again, oh, honey, I was in the flesh today. That, that's an affront to God. That is an affront to God. So you're not in that. You're not in that. And uh, as we have often heard, that we're not pigs, you know? You know, the, the book Pigs in the Parlor and all that stuff. We're not pigs, right? We, we don't enjoy mud. We don't enjoy mud. And we don't try to eat everything ourselves, like, like get everything we can get for ourselves. Have you ever noticed, uh, I, I grew up in the country, of course, and some of you city slickers don't know these analogies. Sure, let me give yourself a word picture. <laughs> uh, you could put all the food, more food than the hogs could eat in the trough. More than they could eat. But, was, but those old hogs will, will shoulder all of the other hogs out of the way and trying to get, I've seen them go on this side and try to eat the weaker, and then the other one get in and eat, shove this one, and they're shoving, 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 shoving. And those things, and they love the mud, always trying to get for me, more for me, more for me, and they love the mud. They wallow in the mud. Sheep don't do that. Yeah. Sheep don't do that. Sheep do not like mud. So neither should we like the craziness 
that is in the world and that surrounds us. All right? Because the Spirit of God dwells in you. And I think that should cause us to walk in a more sanctified way. Okay, don't let any of these terms uh, bother you. You say, I'm not a sanctified person. Well, you're not saved. It means to be set apart. It's not a denomination. It's a life. It's not a denomination. It's a life. Now, listen what Paul concludes also in in verse 9. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And so, he says... He talks about, listen, the Spirit of God. He talks about the Holy Spirit. And then he talks about the Spirit of Christ. Same Spirit. But it argues for the Father. It argues for the Son. It argues for the Holy Spirit. And so you and I have the Godhead living in us. That is an amazing reality. So that's why Paul says things like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And, that, and so can you. Amen. Whatever God requires of you, you can do it. Yes, you can. Si se puede. Yeah. So, so let us do that, all right? And, and what, what did we say that Paul is doing, actually God is doing? He is strengthening us. He is t- instructing us for the day in which we live and the times that are to come. So you won't say, oh, God, what happened? Ooh, you know, and then just try to fall on your knees and help me, help me. You know, no, God is helping you right now, okay? Now, listen to what Paul says. And if Christ is in you, we're going to, to use the, the, the word since. Uh, and since Christ is in you, if sometimes it carries with it its meaning, uh, a conditional and it's also a definite. So, since Christ is in you or because Christ is in you. That's what this word means. It doesn't just mean there's an uncertainty here. But he says, if we were talking to a mixed group, we could say if. You know, if we had saints and sinners here. I think we have just saints. And if it's a sinner here, I don't want you to go home a sinner. All right? And since Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. I want to talk about this because this is a verse that has just pestered me a lot. And uh, what I gather from this verse is a complex verse for me. It says, and since Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. I think what Paul, the idea of this is that your body cannot function in the realm where you, are, where you are now called to. Your body is a body of sin. And he says here, and if Christ or since Christ is in you, the, bo- the body is dead, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. And so I think what Paul is showing us is that your animation in the Christ sphere is because of the Holy Spirit living in you. Hallelujah. Otherwise, you could not operate in the Christ sphere. So, yes, because of sin, on account of sin, that body is no, uh, no value. That body is of no value. But because Christ is in you, you can operate in a whole new realm. Amen. Somebody ought to say amen. amen. Yeah, amen. Got to say amen to that. Amen. Uh, hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah. Yeah. And so the body is going to die because of sin. But, but now let's look at, look. So 
if Christ doesn't come back, your body will die. That's, that's the sin part. Um, but if the Lord returns, it's not going to die. It's going to be changed immediately. And I, I sure want to be here with you young people. You know, I'd be the old Moses, old guy. But I would love it. How old is he? 175. You know, I mean, I would love that. I wouldn't mind at all. Be here with all of you and experience that great moment. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. But if I don't experience it with you, I'll experience it looking down on all of you. Coming down from heaven. Hallelujah. Yes. So, so the Spirit gives life to this body so that we may serve God. So, so that you, you look at it like this. The Spirit has animated you to live in, in this amazing realm that is the Christ sphere. Brothers and sisters, it is amazing. It is the best journey. This is the best journey I have ever had. I'm, I, I'm going to do something. I think the Holy Spirit is going to allow me to say something, and then I'm going to get off of it quickly. I have tried to share with all of us my journey, showing you how God can take someone, and I don't want to give you the idea that I've been a, a scaredy cat. That is not the truth. I've always had too much fire in my belly, and I've cried out to God all of my life. And I know some of us know what that's like, right? And just pray, God, take this away, and he would not do it. He said, no, you're going to deal with that. So, so I, I, I want to just share with you a little bit about my journey. Uh, I, I, I fasted since I was in the third grade. And I lived that life. It didn't make me better than anybody. It was a calling, and it started when I was a child. But I've wanted to share with you, but I don't want you to think I'm ever boasting or bragging. So it's been a long time since I've shared with you any of these experiences because I don't want anybody to misunderstand. I am never boasting in myself. I'm saying, look at what the Lord has done. You know, because I know who I am. And so... Uh, the, the, the point I wanted to make in, in just saying that, a lot of it, um, chatting here, talking, but the, the thing I want to say about that is that God called me to a, a fast, a living a fasted life, I thought. And, of course, many fasts, many fasts. And I remember when I was 60 years old, 6-0. I know some of you look and say, I don't believe he's that old now. But yeah, uh, uh, yeah, you can say it. You can say it. <laughs> and so... Uh, uh, and, and I fasted for 40 days a night. I was, I was surprised, you know, because I wouldn't tell any of you what I was doing. And a couple of you tried to force me, and I didn't tell you because I was afraid I was going to fail. And the Lord got me through it in the last, and I, the last day, I thought. It was two, four hours before the end. I knew I wasn't going to fail at four hours. And I said, Lord, Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I was so amazed that God would do that. Well, long story short, he did that twice more. And so I thought that my days were over and I could retire from fasting. You may say, Pastor, do you believe that? Absolutely. I, I thought. I hadn't read anywhere where anybody did fasted that many 40 days. And so I thought, I'm out. it's over. But God called me to something that terrified me for a while a lifestyle. I thought I had a lifestyle, but I didn't. And this that I was most afraid of, more than even 40 days and nights, this is what I was most afraid of, is living a fasted life. I would live no other way. I'm saying that for your benefit, not to bolster me. I'm still frail. I have to still go before God. 
I still have to cry to God. Oh, God, help me. You know, I still do that. But I'm saying this is the best life. And I don't want you to fear anything that God tells you. And I believe that God has set me as an example. Not an example of what a man can do in his own strength, but what a person can do when they depend on God alone. That's what I think that's about. Yeah. I don't think I'm super spiritual. I need, still need these elders <laughs> to help me and to tell me things. I still need to call up a, a friend here and there and say, hey, what is God saying about such and such? So I wanted to say that because th don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to do whatever God has given you to do. Now, uh, the Holy Spirit has sealed you. I want you to get that. The Holy Spirit has sealed you. In Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, I'll just read a little portion of that. Paul says that when we believed in the Lord Jesus, we were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the what? Guarantee of our inheritance. So the Holy Spirit in you guarantees you're going to have everything that God has promised. So don't fear that stuff. Whatever God tells you to do, say yes. Say yes to it. You may have to ask somebody, hey, do you think God has told me to do such and such? Don't always be so cocksure that you, you don't talk to people. I talk to, to brothers. I talk to sisters. I talk. I ask him, does this make sense? Does this make sense? And I'm saying after all of the the sacrificing, I still have to go to my brothers and sisters. God will never make you so spiritual that you won't have to go to somebody else. Let's look at verse 11. Let's look at verse 11. But if the spirit of him, maybe I should read verse 10 again to give you the context. And if Christ is in you, or since Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him, listen, of God, who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Or because of his spirit who dwells in you. So he shows us that you and I are so animated by the Holy Spirit. We are animated by the Holy Spirit. We have the very, very life of God. So that means that you can do the things that God requires. You can do the things that God requires. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. As I said, I will live no other way. It's amazing. You know, he is closer to you than you realize this moment. I'm going to say that emphatically because I believe that. He is closer to you. And I've seen those things in the Spirit in the last three years. I, almost three years. I've seen those things in the Spirit, so I want to share them with you. Anything that I see in the Spirit, I want you to know. Amen? All right, super. Uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 24. Let's go there, and I'm going to take just a few more of your minutes. Acts 2, 24. You there? I'm going to start in the, uh, in the word whom. He says, uh, whom God raised up, speaking of Jesus, God raised up Jesus, having loosed the pains of death. Listen, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. That's so big. So it is not possible. Paul wants the believers in Rome to know, and I want you in Corpus Christi and around the world to know, that it is not possible that death can hold you. It's not possible. 
when the Bible says things like greater is he who is within you than he who is in the world, you've got to internalize that truth. You have to internalize that truth. That truth is your reality. It's your life. It's not one day going to be your reality. It's your reality right now. Jesus Christ is your reality right now. God the Father is your reality right now. The Holy Spirit is your reality right now. Being a son of God is your reality right now. You're a son of God. And there's no devil in hell that can, can cancel that. There's no doubt an unbelief. There's no doctrine that can change the reality that God has given to you. Hallelujah, somebody. I'm living in that reality. You are living in that reality. And I believe that part of my calling and your calling is to snatch people away from the chains of the enemy because many doctrinally are captured by the enemy because they are believing some doctrine that's not uh, accurate. Yeah, it's not accurate. So I, I just want to be full-throated. And I think that the Lord has blessed me that going forward, I'm really full-throated uh, in that there have been a lot of times when I've, I've framed things so that you may have missed the point because I felt like some of us have been too delicate, not just us here, but even online have been too delicate to receive the full shot, you know? Yeah. yeah. All right. Can you give me a few, just a few more minutes? Yes. Okay, that wasn't enough. Yes, yeah, so I'm going to. Oh, okay. I, I'm so glad you kept me in my chair. Okay, let, let me read a few more verses for you. Uh, let's look, look at Romans 6, 4 again. We, we've read it, but let's look at it again. What you're going to find is that the Scripture says something and then says it again and says it again. And then, and then you'll find other uh, men, and, and men of God who wrote, they will have shared the same thing, perhaps in a slightly different way. And so God catches all of us, no matter how we are built. Let's look at Romans 6, 4. He wants us to know this again. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So that's not the old life that you lived before. This is a new life. This is the life of God through Jesus Christ. This is a, a life that the Holy Spirit has generated in you because Christ rose from the dead. Okay, let's look at Romans 8. I'm sorry, let's not look at Romans 8. So, let me just say what I, a note I, I've got here from the verses I've just read. Since only the Holy Spirit gives spiritual life, and the Holy Spirit gives spiritual life. So when you were, were born again, the Holy Spirit gave you spiritual life. And uh, a person cannot be related to Christ apart from the Spirit. So, so uh, there's a verse here. Let me see if I can find it. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Okay, let me just say this. Paul says, it's in my text here. But let me just say it. Paul says, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he's not his. And I know sometimes doctrinally, these are, are places where we have to walk carefully, gingerly, because it's almost like you just can't be careless and bullish when you're walking in the spirit and when you're walking these things out. There are everybody who's born again has the Spirit of God. Everybody who is born again has the Spirit of God. There are a lot of blessings from having the Spirit of God, 
And some people, they go, oh, I've gone far enough, God. Uh, this is getting spooky. It's getting scary. Gives me the, the heebie-jeebies. You know, but if you go on with God, you're going to get rid of your heebie-jeebies. And, and get on, uh, well, I don't know about that. Because they are otherworldly things. And we're going to talk about it because the Holy Spirit gives spiritual life. And the Holy Spirit manifests in a multiplicity of ways. A multiplicity of ways. He doesn't just operate with you coming to a church and being as quiet as a church mouse and then going home think you've done something. The Holy Spirit does what he did tonight during our praise and worship. And he moves and, and he, he gives you thoughts that you didn't have. And he gives you vocalization. And then he, when I, Pastor Burke walked up, I started to stop him and say, I need to go up here because God has given me something for Candace. I started to say that to him and I said, okay, DGL, sit down and let's wait on the Holy Spirit. I talked to myself like that. And I sat down. He came up, the first words out of his mouth was what the Holy Spirit had given me sitting there. The Holy Spirit moves mightily. And we were praying over here. One of our brothers to my right was pre praying in the, in the Holy Spirit. He was, he was praying in a language that I didn't understand, but he does. And how, who should I be? How should I stop what God is doing? That's crazy. So we don't do that. So let us be the people who will open our arms wide for all that God wants to give us. And let's not be terrified of the God who died for us to save us. Amen, amen. Let's don't do that. In Jesus' name.